section six of the natural history volume six this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the natural history volume six by pliny the elder translated by john bostock and henry thomas riley section six book twenty seven chapters twenty four to fifty six chapter twenty four six alum also called symphiton patrion fourteen remedies the plant which we call alum and which is known to the greeks as symphiton patrion is similar to canilla bubula in appearance having a diminutive leaf and three or four branches springing from the root with tops like those of thyme it is a ligneous plant odoriferous of a sweet flavour and provocative of saliva the root of it is long and red it grows upon rocks to which circumstance it is indebted for its additional name of patreon and is extremely useful for affections of the sides and kidneys griping pains in the bowels diseases of the chest and lungs spitting of blood and eruptions of the fauces the root is pounded and taken in drink or else a decoction is made of it in wine sometimes also it is applied externally chewed it allays thirst and is particularly refreshing to the pulmonary organs it is employed topically for sprains and contusions and has a soothing effect upon the intestines cooked upon hot ashes with the follicules removed and then beaten up with nine peppercorns and taken in water it acts astringently upon the bowels for the cure of wounds it is remarkably efficacious being possessed of agglutinating properties to such a remarkable degree as to solder pieces of meat together with which it is boiled to which in fact it is indebted for its greek name it is used also for the cure of fractured bones chapter twenty five seven algarufa or red seaweed one remedy red seaweed is useful as an application for the sting of the scorpion chapter twenty six actea one remedy actea has leaves with a powerful smell rough knotted stems a black seed like that of ivy and soft berries it grows in umbrageous rugged watery localities and is used in doses of one full acetabulum for female complaints chapter twenty seven the ampelus agria or wild vine four remedies ampelus agria or wild vine is the name of a plant with leaves of an ashy colour as already stated in our description of the cultivated plants and long tough twigs of a red hue like that of the flower which we have mentioned when speaking of violets under the name of flame of jove it bears a seed which resembles the grains of a pomegranate the root boiled in three kayathi of water with the addition of two kayathi of cohen wine is slightly laxative to the bowels and is consequently given for dropsy it is curative also of uterine affections and of spots upon the face and females it is found a good plant for patients afflicted with sciatica to use the juice of this plant bruised applied topically with the leaves chapter twenty eight absinthium or wormwood 
four varieties forty-eight remedies there are numerous kinds of absinthium the santonic for instance so-called from a city in gaul and the pontic which comes from pontus where the cattle are fattened upon it a diet which causes them to be destitute of gall the pontic wormwood we may remark is of the finest quality superior to that of italy and much more bitter the pith however of the pontic wormwood is sweet as to its general utility a plant so commonly found and applied to such numerous uses people are universally agreed but with the romans more particularly it has been always held in the highest esteem from the fact of its being employed in their religious ceremonials thus for instance upon the latin festival it is the custom to have a race of four-horsed chariots in the capital and for the conqueror to be presented with a draught of wormwood from the circumstance no doubt that our forefathers were of opinion that good health was the most valuable reward they could bestow upon his skill this plant is very strengthening to the stomach and hence it is that wines are flavoured with it as already stated a decoction of it in water is also taken the following being the method employed in preparing it six drachmae of the leaves are boiled with the branches and three sextarii of rain water and the preparation is then left to cool in the open air a day and a night salt too should be added to it when old it is utterly useless a dilution of wormwood steeped in water is also used such being the name given to this method of preparing it this dilution is made by leaving the vessel covered up for three days any kind of water being used pounded wormwood is but rarely employed and the same with the extracted juice of the seed in cases however where it is extracted the seed is subjected to pressure as soon as it begins to swell after which it is soaked for three days in water if used fresh and seven if dry it is then boiled in a copper vessel in the proportion of ten hamini to forty-five sextarii of water after which it is strained off and boiled gently to the consistency of honey in the same way as the juice is extracted from the smaller centauri the juice however of wormwood thus extracted is bad for the head and stomach whereas the decoction on the other hand is wholesome in the highest degree as it acts astringently upon the stomach carries off bile is a powerful diuretic has a soothing effect upon the bowels and assuages pains in the intestines with the addition of sile gallic nard and a little vinegar it dispels nausea and flatulency and expels intestinal worms it removes squamishness promotes the digestion and with the addition of rue pepper and salt disperses crudities of the stomach the ancients were in the habit of giving wormwood as a purgative the dose being six drachmae of the seed with three of salt and one cayanthus of honey in one sectarius of sea-water kept for some time this preparation however is rendered more efficacious by doubling the proportion of salt the seed too must be bruised with the greatest care as there is considerable difficulty in pounding it some authorities have prescribed the dose above mentioned to be given in polenta with the addition of pennyroyal while others recommend the leaves to be given to children in a dried fig to disguise their bitterness taken with iris wormwood acts as a detergent upon the thoracic organs for jaundice it is used raw with parsley or adiantum in cases of flatulency it is sipped every now and then warmed in water for liver complaints it is taken with gallic nard 
and for diseases of the spleen with vinegar pap or figs taken in vinegar it neutralizes the bad effects of fungi and of viscous in wine it is an antidote to the poison of hemlock and to the bite of the shrew-mouse and is curative of wounds inflicted by the sea-dragon and the scorpion it contributes also very greatly to the improvement of the sight and is used as an external application with raisin wine for deflections of the eyes and with honey for bruises the stream of decoction of wormwood is curative of affections of the ears and when they are attacked with running sores a liniment of wormwood bruised with honey is applied three or four sprigs of wormwood with one root of gallic nard taken in six kyathi of water act as a diuretic and as an amenagogue indeed if taken with honey or employed as a passeri with wool it has a special virtues as an amenagogue in combination with honey and nitre it is useful for quinsy and an infusion of it in water is good for epinitis a topical application is made of it for recent wounds provided always they have not been touched with water it is employed also for ulcers upon the head in combination with cyprian wax or figs it is highly recommended as a plaster for the iliac regions it is curative also of prurigo but it must never be administered in fevers taken in drink it is a preventive of sea-sickness and worn attached to the body beneath an apron it arrests inguinal swellings the smell of it induces sleep a similar effect being produced by placing it under the pillow unknown to the party kept among clothes it preserves them from worms and used as a liniment with oil or burnt as a fumigation it has the effect of driving away gnats writing ink mixed with an infusion of wormwood effectually protects the writings from the attacks of mice ashes of wormwood mixed with rose unguent stain the hair black chapter twenty nine absinthium marinum or seraphim there is a sea wormwood also known as the seraphim by some the most esteemed being that of taposiris in egypt those initiated in the mysteries of isis carry a branch of it in the hand it has a narrower leaf than the preceding plant and is not so bitter it is injurious to the stomach has a laxative effect upon the bowels and expels intestinal worms it is taken in drink with oil and salt or else an infusion of it is taken in a pottage made of meal of three-month wheat when employed as a decoction a handful is used to one sextarius of water the mixture being boiled down to one half chapter thirty eight the ballots melamprasian or black leek three remedies the greeks give to the balas the other name of melamprasian meaning black leek it is a branchy plant with black angular stems covered with hairy leaves larger and darker than those of the leek and possessed of a powerful smell the leaves bruised and applied with salt are highly efficacious for bites inflicted by dogs cooked upon hot ashes and applied in a cabbage leaf they are curative of conda lamata mixed with honey this plant acts as a detergent upon sordid ulcers chapter thirty one botrys ambrosia or artemisia one remedy botrys is a shrub-like plant which has small yellow branches with the seed growing all round them and leaves resembling those of endive it is found upon the banks of running streams and is used for the cure of hardness of breathing the people of cappadocia call this plant ambrosia others again artemisia chapter thirty two the brabola one remedy the brabola is possessed of astringent properties like those of the quince 
but beyond this authors give no particulars relative to it chapter thirty three byron meritimum five remedies see brian is plant no doubt with leaves like those of the lettuce of a wrinkled pursed appearance and destitute of stem the leaves arising from a single root it grows upon rocks more particularly and shells sunk in the sand it has desiccative and astringent qualities in a very high degree properties which render it useful for reducing all kinds of abscesses and inflammations those attendant upon gout in particular it is good also for all affections which stand in need of cooling applications chapter thirty four the bou pleuron one remedy i find it stated that the seed of bou pleuron is given for injuries inflicted by serpents and that the wound is fomented with a decoction of the plant in combination with leaves of the mulberry or of origanum chapter thirty five the catenance one observation upon it the cemos one observation upon it the catenance is a thessalian plant which it would be a mere loss of time to describe seeing that it is only used as an ingredient in filters in order however to expose the follies of the magical art it may not be out of place to remark that this plant has been selected for the above-named purpose from the fact that as it withers it gradually contracts and assumes the shape of the claws of a dead kite for a similar reason we shall give no description of the plant called cemos chapter thirty six the calyx three remedies of the calyx there are two kinds one of these resembles arum and is found growing in ploughed soils the proper time for gathering it being before it begins to wither it is employed for the same purposes as arum and an infusion of the root is taken as a purgative and as an amenagogue the stalks boiled with the leaves and some pulse are curative of tenismus chapter thirty seven the calyx known also as ancusa or anoclea two remedies the other kind of calyx is known by some persons as ancusa and by others as anoclea the leaves are like those of the lettuce but longer and with a downy surface the root is red and is employed topically in combination with fine polenta for the cure of erysipelas taken internally with white wine it is good for affections of the liver chapter thirty eight the circaea three remedies the circaea resembles the cultivated trichnon in appearance it has a small swarthy flower a diminutive seed like millet growing in small horn-shaped pods and a root half a foot in length generally triple or full-fold white odoriferous and hot in the mouth it is found growing upon rocks exposed to the sun an infusion of it is prepared with wine and administered for pains and affections of the uterus to make it three ounces of the pounded root should be steeped in three sextarii of wine a day and a night this potion is effectual also for bringing away the afterbirth the seed of this plant taken in wine or hydromel diminishes the milk in nursing women chapter thirty nine the Cersian. one remedy the Cersian is a plant consisting of a diminutive and delicate stem two cubits in height of a triangular form and covered with prickly leaves the prickles on the leaves are downy and the leaves themselves resemble those of buglosus in shape but are smaller and of a whitish colour at the summit of the plant there are small purple heads which fall off in the shape of down this plant or the root of it worn as an amulet it is said is curative of the pains attendant upon varicose veins chapter forty the crotiganon two kinds of it eight remedies the crotiganon is similar to an ear of corn in appearance 
it is formed of numerous shoots springing from a single root and full of joints it grows in umbrageous localities and has a seed like that of millet with a remarkably acrid taste if a man and woman before the evening meal take three oboli of this seed in three kaiathi of water for forty days consecutively before the conception of their issue it will be sure to be of the male sex they say there is another critiganon known also as philigonos and distinguished from the last mentioned plant by the mildness of the taste some persons assert that females if they take the blossom of this plant in drink will be sure to conceive before the end of forty days these plants used in combination with honey are curative of black ulcers of a chronic nature they also fill the concavities made by fistulous ulcers with new flesh and restore such parts of the body as are wasted by atrophy they act as a detergent upon purulent sores disperse inflammatory tumours and alleviate gout and all kind of abscess as those of the mammalae in particular under the name of critigus or critigan theophrastus speaks of the tree known in italy as the aquifolia chapter forty one the crocodilian two remedies the crocodilian resembles the black chameleon in shape the root is long of an uniform thickness and possessed of a pungent smell it is found growing in sandy soils taken in drink it causes a copious discharge of coagulated blood at the nostrils and in this way it is said diminishes the volume of the spleen chapter forty two the cynosorcus or orcus four remedies the cynosorcus by some called orcus has leaves like those of the olive soft three in number half a foot in length and lying upon the ground the root is bulbous oblong and divided into two portions the upper one hard and the lower one soft these roots are eaten boiled like bulbs and are mostly found growing in vineyards if males eat the upper part they will be parents of male issue they say and females if they eat the lower part of female in thessaly the men take the soft portion of goat's milk as an aphrodisiac and the hard part as an antiphrodisiac of these parts the one if actually neutralizes the action of the other chapter forty three the chrysolacinum two varieties of it three remedies coagulum teri two remedies the chrysolacinum grows in pine plantations and is similar to the lettuce in appearance it heals wounds of the sinews if applied without delay there is another kind of chrysolacinum mentioned with a golden flower and a leaf like that of the cabbage it is boiled and eaten as a laxative vegetable this plant worn as an amulet by a patient suffering from jaundice provided it be always kept in sight as a cure for that disease it is said i am not certain whether this is all that might be said about the chrysolacinum but at all events it is all that i have found respecting it for it is a very general fault on the part of our more recent herbalists to confine their account of plants to the mere name with a very meagre description of the peculiar features of the plant just as though forsooth they were universally known thus they tell us for instance that a plant known as coagulum terry acts astringently upon the bowels and that it dispels strangury taken in water or in wine chapter forty four the, the cucubalus strumus or strychnon six remedies the leaves of the cucubalus they tell us bruised with vinegar are curative of the stings of serpents and of scorpions some persons call this plant by the name of strumus while others give it the greek name of strychnon its berries are black the juice of these berries administered in doses of one chianthus and two chianthi of honeyed wine 
is curative of lumbago an infusion of them with rose oil is used for headache and they are employed as an application for scrofulous sores chapter forty five the conferva two remedies the conferva is peculiar to running streams those of the alpine regions more particularly receiving its name from conferumina to solder together properly speaking it is rather a fresh-water sponge than a moss or a plant being a dense porous mass of filaments i know an instance where a man who fell to the ground while lopping a tree of considerable height and broke nearly every bone of his body was cured by the agency of this plant the patient's body was covered all over with conferva the application being continually sprinkled with water the moment it began to dry and only removed for the purpose of changing it when the plant gave signs of losing its virtues he is hardly credible with that what rapidity he recovered chapter forty six nine the coccus canidus or grain of canidus two remedies the canidian grain has just the colour of the kermes berry it is larger than a peppercorn and has very heating properties hence it is that wit used it is taken in crumb of bread that it may not burn the throat in passing downwards it is a sovereign remedy for hemlock and arrests looseness of the bowels chapter forty seven the dipsacos two remedies the dipsacos has leaves like those of the lettuce with prickly tubercles on the middle of the back the stem of it two cubits in length is bristling all over with prickles of a similar nature the joints of the stem are closely covered with two leaves which form a concave axle in which a saltish dew-like liquid collects at the summit of the stem there are small heads covered with prickles it grows in watery localities this plant is used for the cure of chaps of the fundament and of fistula in which latter case the root is boiled down in wine to the consistency of wax to allow of its being introduced into the fistula in the form of a salve it is employed too for the cure of all kinds of warts as a liniment for which the juice collected in the axles as above mentioned is also used by some chapter forty eight the dryopterus two remedies the dryopterus which resembles fern in appearance is found growing upon trees the leaves are of a somewhat sweetish flavour and marked with slight indentations and the root is hairy this plant is possessed of caustic properties and hence the root is pounded and used as a depilatory in using it the skin is rubbed with it till perspiration is excited the operation being repeated a second and a third time care being taken not to remove the perspiration chapter forty nine the dryophanon the dryophanon is a similar plant with thin stems a cubit in length and surrounded on either side with leaves about as large as the thumb and like those of the oxa myrcene in appearance only whiter and softer the blossom is white and similar to that of the elder the shoots of it are eaten boiled and the seed is used as a substitute for pepper chapter fifty the elatine two remedies the elatine has leaves like those of, of the helxine diminutives round and hairy its branches are small half a foot in length five or six in number and covered with leaves from the root upwards it grows in cornfields and has a rough flavour hence it is found very useful for deflections of the eyes the leaves being beaten up and applied with polenta in a linen pledget a decoction of this plant with linseed taken in pottage is good for dysentery chapter fifty one m petros by our people called calcifraga four remedies m petros by the people of our country called calcifraga grows on mountains near the sea and is generally found upon rocks the nearer it grows to the sea the salter it is acting as an evacuant of bile and pituitous secretions 
that on the other hand which grows at a greater distance and more inland is of a more bitter flavour it carries off the aqueous humours of the body being taken for that purpose in broth of some kind or else hydromel when old it loses its strength but used fresh either boiled in water or pounded it acts as a diuretic and disperses urinary calculi authorities who wish full credence to be given to this asserted property assure us that pebbles boiled with it will split asunder chapter fifty two the epipactus or elaborine two remedies the epipactus called elaborine by some is a diminutive plant with small leaves taken in drink it is extremely useful for diseases of the liver and as an antidote to poisons chapter fifty three the epimedian three remedies the epimedian consists of a stem of moderate size with ten or twelve leaves like those of ivy it never flowers and has a thin black root with a powerful smell it grows in humid soils this plant also has certain astringent and cooling properties but females must be on their guard against it the leaves beaten up in wine prevent the bosom from growing too large in young girls chapter fifty four the enneaphilin two remedies the enneaphilin has nine long leaves and is of a caustic nature it is employed topically but when used it is wrapped in wool to prevent it from cauterizing further than desirable for it blisters immediately for lumbago and sciatica it is of the greatest utility chapter fifty five two varieties of filix of fern known to the greeks as pteris or blackman and as fella pteris or nymphi pteris eleven remedies of fern there are two varieties equally destitute of blossom and of seed the greeks give the name of pteris and sometimes blackman to the kind in which numerous shoots take their rise from a single root exceeding two cubits even in length and with a not unpleasant smell this plant is thought to be the male fern the other kind is known to the greeks as pelipteris and sometimes nymphia pteris it has a single stem only with comparatively few branches is shorter softer and more tufted than the other and has channeled leaves growing near the root swine are fattened upon the roots of either kind the leaves of both kinds are arranged on either side in the form of wings whence the greek name pteris the roots are long run obliquely and are of a swarthy colour more particularly when dried when wanted for use they should be dried in the sun these plants are found growing everywhere but in cold soils more particularly they should be taken up to at the setting of the virgilii the root is only used at the end of three years neither before that period nor after they act as an expellent of intestinal worms for tapeworm honey is taken with them but in other cases sweet wine for three days they are both of them extremely detrimental to the stomach but are laxative to the bowels carrying off first the bile and then the aqueous humours of the body when used for tapeworm it is the best plan to take scammony with them in equal proportions for rheumatic deflections the root is taken in doses of two oboli in water after a day's abstinence from food a little honey being taken first neither kind must ever be given to females for in pregnancy they are productive of abortion and in other cases entail sterility powdered fern is sprinkled upon sordid ulcers as also upon the necks of beasts of burden when chafed fern leaves kill bugs and serpents will never harbour among them hence it is a good plan to strew them in places where the presence of those reptiles is suspected the very smell too of burnt fern will put serpents to flight medical men have made this distinction as to ferns that of macedonia they say is the best and that of cassiope the next chapter fifty six femur babulum or ox thigh the name of femur babulum 
is given to a plant which is good for the sinews applied fresh and beaten up with salt and vinegar End of section six